Brothers, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. Dave and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi-chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome back into the great, exciting, and wonderful Unrelated at Birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you, and I can finally say it again, live and in living color, all the way from the top of the state of Alabama. That's right, in Madison, Alabama, in the Unrelated at Birth podcast studios. And you have Adam's soundboard. <laughs> and as always, I have brought along my friend from Places. Lakeland. <laughs> it's not New York. I mean, I, I, I didn't come prepared for that one. I'm sorry. That's okay. The one, the only, the phenomenal brother, Adam Joseph Russell. How you doing, sir? I, I Well, as you can hear, yeah. I, I'm James Earl Jones again tonight. Yeah. You know. Mufasa. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> um, sinus season in the state of Alabama as is uh, is is real. Um, what specifically always, do you think it is? Is it ragweed? It's ragweed. Yeah. It's, yeah. It always happens about the week before I go on vacation. Nice. Better than Every the week you time. go on vacation. That's very true. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. I mean, the bright side. The last time I was down in Lakeland, remember I had. Yeah, I remember voice issues. Yeah, so I've been tested. I'm, I'm. It's not the vid. I promise. I tested just about. Okay. We're minutes. we're remote. You can, you can get whatever you want to get. It's fine. Yeah, no, I don't want to. Well, no, I wouldn't want you to either. I'm just saying. I mean, don't I, I'm getting on a cruise ship in seven days. Yeah. No, ten days. Don't tell anybody. Have you been sick in the last ten days with any symptoms of COVID? No, I have not. No, I have not. What are you talking about? Throw him in the brig. <laughs> all right who's all right. this facebook user i gotta i gotta yeah. know we're, we're live so if you're listening on yeah. the podcast we are live on facebook right now in youtube and so we'll we be reacting know. to comments so if you are a part oh that's matt manders oh my, my co-host of around the fire pit <laughs> Love uh, it. if matt dude you know how we do this you yeah. have the little stream yard thing i remember someone giving me a hard time about that a few weeks ago who was that oh i believe it was the around the fire pit podcast I believe it was Matt Manders giving you the... the well, it's mostly you, time. but him too. Yeah, sure. Yes, okay. Anyway, we're here. We're live. Uh, we've got a packed show tonight. Oh, Matt says, sorry, I'm watching AEW too. That's on my, my podcast TV. Don't nice. worry. Um, we got a packed show. I, I've got a tribute. We got some some stuff to talk about with movies. Uh, 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 you've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Your dress yeah, Recaps. Parts. Yeah. Uh, things you, that you did. did Halloween Horror Nights. Dude, we got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. 
So let's just get to it. Uh, I want to okay. do a quick tribute, guys. Uh, if y'all know me as uh, personally, uh, you might have saw my post on Facebook uh, a couple of days ago. Um, actually, it was yesterday uh, on Tuesday, the 26th. Uh, a very sad day in my life. Um, it's the death of my grandfather, Papa. Uh, Papa actually died before I met Adam. So, yeah. Adam, you never really got a chance to to hear me talk about him live uh, as he was alive. But I know over our 20-something years of being friends, you've heard me mention him a bunch of times. Sure. Yeah. Um, but if there was a man besides my father who I say um, is the, the reason I am who I am, it, it's Gordon Darnell. And uh, I am trying to find pictures of him here that I have. Well, for some reason, StreamYard won't let me do it. But anyway, um, <clears throat> this was like the quintessential granddad for me. Whenever me and my dad got into big fights, I'd always drive to Papa's house. We'd just sit there and talk. Um, when uh, when I was a freshman at Bama, about two weeks before he died, quick story to kind of tell you how how he is. Um, he, uh, I, I didn't make the the marching unit at, at first at Bama because um, I'd never marched in at high school. My yeah. my high school didn't have a football team. We didn't have a marching band. Uh, I, uh, I, I got, somehow I got, I, I, I got noticed by the director, got put in as an alternate. So my very first game to march at, uh, was at Legion field. And, and I thought that was just hot crap. Um, I called Papa, said, Hey, Papa, I, 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 I saw, I know what heaven's going to feel like tonight. Cause I, I, I walked on this field that, that Papa, brought me up to be a you know a legend in his, in my mind right he he in his deep gravelly voice and i could do it now because i thought <laughs> yeah you know, he always talked like this he very much he reminded me of the bear uh you know a, a lot of big football fans teared up when they saw the old bear video from the 90s and 2000s sure. remember where oh, i ain't never been nothing but a winner oh yeah i cry because not because of alabama i cry because that remember reminds me of papa how he talked um but uh, I, I called and said, Papa, I know what heaven feels like. He said, you see St. Peter? I said, no, I saw St. Bear. And, and <laughs> you know, he just laughed. And uh, a sad story for me. And, and this is how it, it, his life ended. And this tells you how big of a cheerleader Papa was for me. We had always just, you know, I, 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 jokingly, I never, I never played a lot of football because I didn't get a chance to, right? Uh, so jokingly, I, I told Papa, I said, Papa, I'm going to find a way to get on that field at Alabama. I'm going to find a way to get on Bryant-Denny Stadium field. And, and, you know, he said, well, no matter what, I will watch your very first game at, on the, the, the grass at Bryant-Denny Stadium. I find I, I've, my, my first game at Bryant-Denny Stadium was against Arkansas, September 25th, September 25th. Yeah, September 25th. Yeah. I marched. I, I, I walked through the field. I wanted to call Papa afterwards just because that was what I'd, I'd do. You know, we, we call and talk about the game. Something held me back. Something said, David, don't do it. Um, 
come to find out he died right probably about 10 hours after the game but i found out from my mom later um he couldn't talk he was struggling to breathe that day but he wrote down turn the game on i i, I made a promise papa in his last last days was my biggest cheerleader he 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 knew what it meant to me yeah. and knew what it meant to him to to see that um the hardest part about being at that funeral was a losing papa but b everybody i talked to said david the last time i talked to gordon he was saying how proud he was of you and how much happiness you brought him being down there. If I could go back and do college all over again, I probably wouldn't go down to Bama my first year, my freshman year, just because going from a small school to a big school was a, a big struggle for me, and you know that. Yeah. But I, I, I believe in God's perfect plan. Um, God knew I couldn't be in Huntsville to watch the man I love, the man I, 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 I I'll call it, the man I idolize, uh, the man who played college quarterback for UT Chattanooga, um, to watch him dwindle into nothing. Um, but uh, the memories I have of him now are, are so strong and so amazing just because I didn't have to sit here and watch him dwindle away. I get those happy memories, and, and I, I thank God that that I did screw around at Alabama and, <laughs> and, and 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 didn't didn't go to Calhoun my freshman year. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. There's, there's my <laughs> tribute to Papa Gordon Darnell. You can learn there a lot go. from that. A lot of us. Yeah. How to be with. Just people and and celebrating their success, whether we're there to see it physically or a part of it or have the same things in our lives. That's good. Yeah, That's awesome. I I I want I I I want somehow somebody to remember me the way I remember Papa. Yeah, just because he was a huge a huge shining light in my life. Yeah, you got the opportunity. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that scares me um, is uh, so if I'll post this picture in, in the the Facebook listener group. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's a picture of Papa holding me. I made it my profile picture yesterday. Uh, it's a picture of Papa holding me on the back porch. I have blonde hair at the time. Yep. Um, Papa was only three years older than I am currently. <laughs> oh my gosh. If wow. you look at the picture, he looks old. <laughs> so yeah, man. You know, people yeah. looked older back then. That's just it, it's so they funny. They really did. It's so funny. Yeah, they really did. All right, do we do we read comments or do yeah, we just we can do a couple? Okay. Sure. Mike Watts, Dave, that's heartfelt, and as a hospice chaplain, I hear so many stories like that, uh, like this. As it's tough watching your loved ones pass away, and there's nothing you could do but be there for them. God bless you, and this is a wonderful tribute. Thank you, Mike. That's uh. That's awesome here. And and thank you for the work you do as a hospice chaplain. Yeah. That that's tough. Uh 
let's lighten the mood for a minute. I have a buddy of mine who is, I, at least was, a hospice chaplain here in Decatur, Alabama, uh, a town right over. And, and you have to know, this guy's name is Brad. Brad was a uh, was my old youth pastor. So tell you how, how I think I've told you this story, yeah. haven't I? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he uh, and he's got this weird, quirky sense of humor. Um, he uh, Emma says hello. Hello. Hi Emma. <laughs> when hi to my mom and dad too. They commented too. Oh, I, I didn't hey I miss those. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Brad's sense of humor is just weird and quirky. He had forgotten to turn his phone on silent when he was visiting a family one day. And his ringtone was the Undertaker oh, no. wrestling entrance oh, theme. No. And and it just dum 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 dum. <laughs> oh, gosh. Some people, right? Oh man. This is why we can't have nice things, people. This is why we can't have nice things. Um, I'm trying to find out who this powerful word great memory is that said that so if if you say whoever that powerful words brother great memory let me know who that is because it says facebook user right now um adam yeah do you want to go into what our topic is no i want to talk about my stuff first oh oh uh, that was aaron brown See, i knew you get distracted by the comments man awesome brother <laughs> all right all right i'm done now <laughs> Ooh, another comment Ooh, another Ooh. comment. Ooh. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um just a couple of quick quick recaps on my side. Um, recently had my birthday, and Ooh. the weekend did two things: um, Halloween Horror Nights with yes. Aiden and Aiden and Blair, not Emma, Aiden and Blair, and um <laughs> and did a Jurassic Park in concert with the Florida Symphony, where they played the music to the movie while you watched the movie. And did the whole family go to that? Yes, the whole family went to that. We'd all seen, they'd seen Jurassic Park already. So it was kind of a something they've already seen where they could focus on the other side of it without, you know, seeing the movie for the first time. Right. And um, I'll talk about the, the first one first. I would, I would rank this Halloween Horror Nights third on the list of ones that I've been to. It's hard to top 2018 and 2019. When you well, had that was uh, our first two. Well, it was the first two, and you had Ghostbusters and Us and Depths of Fear and Patient Zero. Like there are a lot of ones that stick out. Poltergeist. Yeah, a lot of ones that stick out, especially with the originals. And then the last couple, you know, post COVID ones, they were trying to get back on their feet, and, and I don't feel like it was as memorable, especially from an from a um, IP IP non original house perspective. But right. um, I'd give it an, a solid A and put it number three on my list, and. Um, can't wait to to experience it and share with all everybody here. I don't, I'm not going to give you any spoilers until we talk it or until you go and we can talk well, it together. You know, I've seen all the houses. I know, but it's different to go through it. So here's required listening for you. Okay. There's a Discover Universal podcast that I've shared an episode of with you in the past. They sit down yeah, with the art so directors. Campy. Oh, well, yeah, but they sit down with the art directors of HHN and okay. the the story writers, and they actually explain the backstory and the story that each house is telling, which you don't get. I, and I've said this before. I wish they had some way to tell that to you while you're in line. Because okay, while you're in line. I think okay. you miss so much, but I think listening to that before we go is required for you. Cause I think okay. it'll give you a little more context. I, well, I, I've remember got a seeing car things. Ride. Yeah, exactly. I remember seeing things that I didn't get at the time that I understand now and can't wait to see again. So really, Okay. Yeah, but I'd, I'd rank it a, a high A number three on my list. Hey, when are we buying those tickets, by the way? Soon. 
soon-ish. Okay. Um, yeah, it's 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 coming up on time. Um, but the other thing, one of the single most favorite things we've ever done is that Jurassic Park thing. Really? It was so seamless that sometimes I actually forgot to watch the symphony <laughs> because the music, okay. note for note, beat for beat, even the Mr. DNA cartoon sequence was right. all played by the orchestra. Now that's and, cool. And it was, you know, you have that soundtrack in your head, and if it was different, it would make it a little jarring. But the, the conductor had a, um, a, like a screen in front of him. Like, if you think about a big tablet, someone would do drafts on, right? Big, right. you know, not 55-inch, but pretty big. And it had the movie playing with these bars going across the screen that told him when the measure was up and when the music would start and all of that. And then they had a sheet music for every scene. But it was so seamless, sometimes I forgot that they were there. Um, wow. But it literally, there were a couple of points when you first hear the theme when they're in the helicopter, um, the Petticoat Lane scene where he talks about his yeah. flea circus, and the final credits, I teared up. Because it's just... There's something that's always visceral to me about seeing a symphony live. But oh, for yeah. something oh, yeah. like that that you don't realize is in your brain that deep, right? Because you just watch the movie and it's there. When you create a separate experience of it, it means more. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to explain. But uh, it, it made me emotional in a couple of points. It was really good. You know, it, it does mean more. I, I want to see they're doing a uh, Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah, that would be uh, a good I one, want, too. I want to see that. It's got to be the first one, though. Why? The other one, well, the other ones would be good. I, I, it has to either be the first one so that you get, like, the whole thing, right? All of the first right. music, all of the introductions, or the one with Always. Those would be the two, right? Yeah. So I think you're talking the first or the last then, right? Yeah. I so. Also, I want to see somebody do Star Wars. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen Star Wars out there. Yeah. But I, it's not one that you want to see. There's something okay. Star Wars is very marchy, like a Susa march the whole time, most of it. Now, binary sunset. Not, not binary sunset song. is one of those scenes. Not my favorite song. Well, what's your favorite song? Oh come on, just just answer the question. Duel of Fates. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm not going to watch fan. I'm not paying good money to watch fan. I Menace would anywhere to see Duel of Fates or or give give me what if they uh, what if they don't have like a, a chamber choir? They'd have to. Give me Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Because you hear the little face where they're doing the Moose yeah, Bar scene. Yeah. Sometimes I was talking more about original trilogy is more like. Well, okay, but know. I'm talking the best ones. So <laughs> You're such an apologist. The prequels. <laughs> we all hated them at the time. And you can act like you I didn't. never did. You hated them too. You hated them too. I never did. How about you were underwhelmed at the time? I was underwhelmed with There two. you go. But never with one and three. Well, one is basically Harry Potter. I mean, it's a kid's movie. No, Harry Potter is Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just me. little tiny lightsabers. Right, exactly. Wooden lightsabers, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, both really cool things. Um, just... um. That, that, that Jurassic Park in concert will stick out to me for a long, long time, though. Yeah. It was really cool. I got a chance to do uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it was so cool. It, it, it's so seamless the way they do it. It's amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I, w I was shocked. I'll say it one more time. I was shocked that they did the Mr. DNA. That is a very complex piece of music. Oh, yeah. But it was almost like by watching them play that, it's what the orchestras looked like when they were making cartoons. Yeah. Back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, that's kind of what that feels like, you know? And so it was really cool to see that because it's not your usual John Williams sweeping, 
type thing. You know, it was very kind of quirky. Well, so if you've ever watched any John Williams behind the scenes stuff, yeah, they'll have a huge movie screen going. Oh yeah, with John Williams and the orchestra in front of him. Yeah. So it's it's like you're watching the how it was made. Type, sure, type sure. stuff. Um, yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. All right, so before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. For those of those of you watching for the very first time or listening for the very first time, we have a segment that we do every week, and it is uh, so. Backstory on this: Adam's dad, Virgil, is a segment called "Virgil Asks a Question." His dad is the he's got just the most trivial knowledge the king of, of anybody trivia. I've Absolutely. ever met. Yep. What'd you say? He knows. Oh, it's king of trivia. He knows. Uh, he knows about yeah. everything. Yeah. He does. Yep. He does. And so every week he sends us a trivia question and, and I try to answer it. I'm I'm usually about fifty percent. And this one ties into what we were just talking about. It's well. Jurassic Park or John Williams? Um the music. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. if it's music, I might know a little bit. So. The instruments, how about that? I'll get even uh, more specific. Okay. 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 If you say so. <laughs> so let, let's uh let's hit Virgil ask a question. And play it out. All right, here we go. Hey, guys. I have this week's Virgil Asked a Question. To obtain this title, you must attend a school teaching this art, earn a degree or certificate, or be an apprentice with an experienced teacher in their workshop. You'll learn how to repair, design, and craft instruments. You should have skills in woodworking, design, and performance. While there have been thousands over time, here are the five that most music historians consider to be the best makers of all time. Antonio Stradivari. Oh, it's a violin. Giuseppe it's not the Garneri. Question. Andre Garneri. Niccolo Amitri. And Francisco Ruggiero. Rigari. In America, Wren Ferguson is among the most noted in the U.S. since the 70s. My question is, what is the title that these people are most noted for? Violin maker? <laughs> What's the name of that, though? There's a specific title, and it's only given to people who go through the process and get the education and all that. Master violin maker? Close. You got master oh, really? right. You're halfway there. It's Master Luthier. L U T H I E R. And it's any string instruments that have a neck and a sound box. Okay. So, so it can be guitars, guitar violins, things like that. But it's so a Master Luthier. Is, is Gibson not a Master Luthier? He would be. He would okay. be. Yeah. Les Paul? Yes, he would be too. That would be okay. the official title. Not Master Guitar Maker. Master, master guitar man. of the guitar. <laughs> so He's a getter man. So when you like going to the symphony, thank your local master luthier for helping out with the instruments. I put that. I will use the uh, that luthier with the same uh, tone that I give numismatist. Uh, numismatist. That's right. You know that that is one. There might be a point in your life where if you're at a bar doing trivia, that might come up. That one might come up. That one might come up. Yeah. You never know. Master if you get it right and you win a gift card, send the gift card to. <laughs> no. No. Okay. You can keep it. Fine. It, well, it depends. It depends on what it is. 
mean, it's for something local that we don't have where we are. Don't right. worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. By the way, I, I, I never thanked you for helping me win the pizza in uh, Chattanooga a year ago. Helping you win the I vaguely remember that. For the Star Wars trivia we did for my aunts. That's right. That's and I right. won it, and yep. we won it, and I ate the pizza. <laughs> was it delicious? It was amazing, actually. Good. I'm glad. It, I did a Cajun pizza. Ooh. Had, had Cajun roux as, instead of uh, the the tomato sauce. Okay. And it was andouille sausage and crawfish. Okay. Sounds like something they would have made at that place we ate at, the toy box. <laughs> it does, does It's it? just funky <laughs> enough, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so seamlessly moving into our our uh, main topic, Adam had a great idea. Great. Oh, Ron Ferguson of, was the Gibson guitar luthier. So there you go. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, of there are so many movies that have unfinished business. Business. And maybe not the unfinished business you would think of, like. The one that's been talked to death was the top spinning. Was it falling in yeah. Inception? Yeah, I, I really think it was falling. I think he was not in a dream. He was not. You can tell by whether or not he's wearing his wedding, wedding ring. But right, he had yeah. his wedding ring when he spun it. Yeah. So uh, there's that one. Um, there's five or six of them that just don't immediately come to mind right now. But you, if you looked it up, you'll you'll see them. Um, so we have come up with a list. I think Adam has a few of them, uh, and I have a couple that we're going to talk about here. Sure. Adam, since since we were on a Jurassic Park theme earlier, <laughs> why don't you start with yours? So this is this is more. There's a couple of them, and I'll start with the smaller one, and then we'll go to the bigger one. Um, okay. So this is kind of a MacGuffin, in a way, if you're familiar with the term. A um, red herring, if you will. A what? A red herring. That's right. So there's a point in the movie where Dodgson meets at that little outdoor cafe with Nedry and gives him $750,000 cash. Look, no one cares. Dodgson, we got Dodgson here. Yeah. Um, Gives him $750,000 cash in a brown leather satchel. And that's his motivation is the money. But it's not an integral that that bag and the money inside of it itself is never a major plot point from that point forward. So if you think forward into the movie, Nedry dies very, um, I don't know, I can't even think of a good word, very poorly in a bad situation, whatever you would say. Anyway, he, he gets eaten by a Dilophosaurus in his Jeep. Does he get eaten Spoiler by the Dilophosaurus? I think he, the Dilophosaurus just poisons him. No, he poisons him and then attacks him. Whether he eats him or not, you don't know, but he attacks him in the Jeep. Right. And... Um, so let's assume, or let's, uh, let's ask first, did, did he deposit the cash or did he no, not? He's okay. carrying the satchel. I think that happens right after the meeting. Well, it's the next day. It's well, the next day. Still. So let's assume that he hasn't, which, which is my assumption. That means that there's a brown satchel that should be on his person in that Jeep. Eventually, somebody's going to come along on that island in Jurassic Park 2, 3, whichever one, Ila Sorna, Ila Nublar, they all bounce around, right? But let's right. just say somebody came upon that Jeep. What would you do with that money? I would tell nobody <laughs> and pocket it. There you go. Because it was unmarked bill. There's $750,000 of cash and a Barbasol canister loaded with viable dinosaur embryos that are themselves worth millions of dollars just well, sitting no. there in the same Hold spot. Up. Hold up. Hold up. 
the dinosaur embryos were already given, if you watch Jurassic World, he has that Barbasol can. Yeah, but I'm just saying, at, at the end of Jurassic Park, at that moment, right. there's a bag of cash and shaving cream can. The shaving cream can does come up later, which is suspect because he said they were viable for only 48 hours. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a different episode. But a bag but of no, cash. No, no. If they came okay. across, But if they came across that can, there's a bag of cash at the top of that hill. So I think Jurassic World does what you hate, and it's what the prequels and the sequels have done, and it's closed loopholes. I think Jurassic World, by him having that Barbasol can, is telling you that he went back and got the cash and the Barbasol can. Yeah, but they don't talk so, about the cash. That's they, what I'm saying. No, That's the unfinished don't. business. It's, it's, could, that, could you potentially have had a scenario where they found the can somehow because it got covered in mud? But they missed the no. easy money at the top of the hill? No. So if he went back to get the can. You're going to open up that Jeep with that dude inside of it after how, how long, and you're going to take that bag? Would you, here, so here's the question. Would you approach that scene? Is $750,000 enough for you to approach that scene, risk being eaten, reach over Dennis Nedry's body, and take that bag? Given the scenario. If I knew what was in the can, yes. No, if you knew and what was in the bag. Not talking about the can. This my, no. I was never talking about the can. I'm talking I about the were. bag. Hey, Ryan. That's, that's what I think. If you know what was in the bag and the can, which yeah. is, that guy knows what was in the can and the sure. bag. Okay. I truly think that they would have gone back and gotten it. But here's no, you didn't hear my question. And I though. think Jurassic World here's my closes question. that loophole. You, you, personally, yes. if you were the one that found the can. Yes. Is it worth 700? If Let's say you knew it was in the bag. Let's say somehow you'd overheard their conversation. Would you open that door knowing what's inside of there? Yes. And reach I across would. that man's body, poisoned body, to get that bag? For, for free cash? Yes. That's, I, that is seven, that's my question. $750,000 enough for you to do that. And your answer is yes. Okay. Yes, I it. would. So, there, so no matter what happens, if anybody found it, they would have taken it. That closes the loophole, whether it was Barbersaw so. Can Man or not. Got it. Yes. Check. I do think so. All right. So that's, that's, that was supposed to be my short one. Um, so he, what do you think happened? They mentioned at the beginning that there was a lawsuit of the worker that was killed at the beginning when they're trying to load the Raptor and it right. busts the cage away from the door and all of that. Well, now you've got that worker and you've got um, the computer guy's family and you've got um, the lawyer's family and you've got injured kids right. and injured people. You know, do you think that? Do you think there was like this spur of lawsuits that came after that? That was one question that I think. Do you think that now Hammond has more trouble? But obviously he didn't, if you follow the story, because he was able to have a dying wish that his company would go on when he gave it to the other guy, right? So the company right. evidently was still financially viable. But here's my question: There was no lawsuits. Do you think that he still financed their dig for a further three years? No, he promised it though. And he's still alive. Unlike the book, spoiler alert, Hammond made it out. So did they. And he promised them if they came down and he agreed with him in the Jeep that he decided not to sign off on the park. So have I. So he owes them three years. But where would they, (laughs) why? Why would you want to dig when you see dinosaurs right there? Because you're not going back there ever again and you probably signed an NDA to never mention it to somebody, right? But they did. They did. Go they back. did go back. I know. I'm just saying. Do you think he financed their dig for a further three years? 
I think that they just want to get away from Hammond. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I, you know, I don't blame them. I don't want your blood money, Hammond. <laughs> I don't want this crap. No. <laughs> but if you have gone. a bag of $750,000, I will reach across the bad man to get it. Thank you. Of course you would. All right, what's, your, what's yours? All right, Hit me. so I'm going to start off with a morbid one first, all right? <laughs> We're just talking about reaching across a dead body for oh, cash. Oh, this is even more for, for Well, okay. Some people would think it's more, more, more morbid. Okay. So the whole start of Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, this one was, is pretty morbid. Yeah, was the... <clears throat> this mean old lady was wanting to take Toto because she claim Toto bitter in the leg, right? Yeah. We go through Oz. Supposedly it's a dream. I, I have my thoughts. I don't think it was a dream. I think it was a drug-related dream. Oh, my gosh. But we wake up, and it's all happy, right? Uh, yeah. So well, w- w- was the Toto thing resolved? Did she, I mean... Was her so the tornado happens? We don't know how much of Kansas it it destroys. I mean, this is the Dust Bowl when it was made. Yeah. Did she have to give Toto to the mean old lady? Was Toto euthanized? What do you think? No. Why? What happened? Because they thought that they lost her. Would you would you do that to that poor girl after she was laying there on the bed unconscious and they no. thought that no you know but but this is the thirties what's to say that that lady doesn't come back and oh I and think say, I hey. think they they'd already told her once to mind her own business right and she went and got the law see my dad says the house fell on her she was the other wicked wish maybe 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 that was the real part of the dream maybe a house really did fall on her. <laughs> but <laughs> in so, the tornado. I don't know. I mean, if the law came and took the dog. Yeah, the law is worried about the tornado damage now. Everybody forgot about it. Dorothy went and unlawfully got her back. Got Toto back. Sure. Unlawfully. And then they had a tornado and everybody forgot about it. No. How do you? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Your speculative scenario is false, sir. The law stops for no person. (laughs) (laughs) They should remake that movie for today then. Oh, that's warm coffee. All right. Anyway. All right. I got another one. You ready? Okay. This is this is yeah. more modern. The Dark Knight Rises. Which I've only seen once and don't remember that much of. Fun fact. Okay. Well, at the very end, Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Gosh. <laughs> I had the Mufasa things <laughs> stuck in my head. <laughs> I have to remember what this guy's name is. Why can't I remember his name? I'm Googling right now. Christian Bale? No. Uh, oh, crap. He is... Michael Caine? Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Yeah. Got it. His last name is Blake. Is he Robin? Yes, because his middle name is Robin. But is he really Robin? As much as he could be as a police officer. I mean, he wouldn't be doing gymnastics or twirling around on a trapeze. Like, um, See, what was his I name in... in I, um, in the other one, okay. so at the at the in the Batman movies, when when Robin takes over for Batman, yeah, or in the comics, it's given to the guy. Basically, his name is Blake, who becomes 
Batman. Yeah. So it, are we supposed to believe that that is who takes over? I would say so, yes. Okay. And then here's the other question. Okay. Is Bruce alive? Well, if he's we not, see- then that would mean the butler is not either. That's what that and the girl's see, not either because she was there, right? But you know how Christopher Nolan does. Oh sure, and this is a, this is a Nolan movie. So, are they in the afterlife, or are they in Tahiti somewhere sipping on mai tais? I don't. Th- I think it was wasn't it in Europe. Well, still, I'm. Because I'm just... if let me tell you, if they were uh, if they were in the afterlife, they could pick wherever they wanted to go, and I would not <laughs> pick a sidewalk cafe, but. No, um, I, I think he is. I think it represents freedom from what he had become, and he made good on what he told. Alfred so he just he randomly one day shows up, and Alfred's there, and he's there. Well, he knows where. Well, Alfred doesn't know he's there. Alfred looks up, and he's there, and that's his way of saying, "I've still got it," because I snuck up, and you see, I'm doing what I said I would do. I just choose not to use it anymore, and I have freedom now. Okay. What do you think? I think he's dead. I think that's an afterlife scene. Interesting. Should have spun a top and then we'd know. Right? Exactly. (laughs) Although I don't know if that works across movies with Nolan, but you know. You never know. All right. What's your next one? Oh, let's see. Let me pull up my notes. Or do you want me to go with my next one? No, I'll I'll do my next one. So Little Mermaid. Uh I did a little bit of reading behind this because the thought popped into my head. Um, she collected a lot of things. Isn't it neat? Isn't it neat? And then her dad destroyed it. Right. But if you look into the story, the canon, if you call it, if you want to call direct-to-VHS movies canon, if you look at it, her dad in Little Mermaid 2, not her dad, but in Little Mermaid 2, it's back. The collection is there again. I've it's referenced Little Mermaid 2. in Little Mermaid 2. I, I hadn't either. But it's, it's so in the TV series, if you follow the, the saga de collection, in the TV series, which is supposed to be before the movie, she has an initial collection but has to destroy it because Ursula curses it. So then she, by the time the movie rolls around, has now made this new collection, which, which Sebastian finds and rats her out and her dad destroys right, it. Right, right. Well, come the second movie, there's a collection again. So my question is, how did the collection get back? Did dad magically... You know, put it there to the sisters, do it right. But here, here's more of my question. When you go from collecting dingle hoppers and rats and blats or whatever they were called, right? Forks and pipes and stuff. And they're this coolest thing. And then all of a sudden you live in a world where there's 50 billion of these things everywhere. Right. What would she find fascination in then? And the collection coming back, was that something she went back and did, which I don't know if she can, but it, or did her dad do it because he missed her? I, Where did the second collection come from, and what does she collect now? She's obviously dad, a hoarder. Right. I think <laughs> her dad did it for sure Okay, because he missed her. Um, and her second collection are Funko Pops. <laughs> I have all the Disney 100 Funko Pops. Look at this stuff. I kept it in the box. Are you trying to show us something? For, for everybody who's listening to the podcast, he's panning across his Funko Pop just, collection. Yes. And his Figment popcorn bucket. That's and the most expensive the, thing you own, sir. It is, actually. It was at the time. Yes. <laughs> actually, no, I got the this year's. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get last year's. 
But this year's has the uh, Epcot 40th strap. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right, what about you? What's your next one? All right. This is this is a, a good de- intellectual debate Ooh, because this that. is something that I mean, okay, we'll debate it. Ready? Ready. How does Leia re- remember her mother? <laughs> Anybody who can fly, I was thinking about this on the ride home today. Anybody who can fly in space when they're half dead, even Star Lord can't do that. There's, it's got to be some force thing. Now, now I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite line. But it, it's obviously one of those Bad scenarios writing. where the writing was done before the prequels. So they filmed the prequel and George was like, Oh, I don't care about this discontinuity. I'm just going to do it anyway this way. Cause it makes no one's more sense. ever going to remember this. Right. And we end up having a fanboy culture 30 years later where we talk about everything ad nauseum. But, um, but now it's, I would say that if you asked for the official explanation, it's probably some kind of force induced memory because the force binds all things, including your memories. I would say so. Um, I also think Leia was... No, Leia's not even the oldest. I was going to try to say the oldest thing, but no. no. Bad writing. That's all I could say. Bad writing. They had a really good opportunity, I think, in Obi-Wan for her to say some kind of line that might have helped. Right. Connect those dots, but they were focused on other stuff at the time. In, in that show, if I remember correctly, she doesn't even really know that she's adopted. Until, Not really. It doesn't seem so. Right. Until Obi-Wan tells her. Yeah. So. But she says, like, somehow I've always known, too, in Return of the Jedi, which makes it seem like there was something buried that maybe the Force, I don't know. Something it's like gotta that. It's got to be a Force. It's got to be. It, it's the it's Force. Gotta be. Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's either the Force or Dave Filoni, the only two things that matter in Star Wars anymore. Oh, Dave Filoni, come on. Uh, All right, my dad okay. asked a question real quick. This is Virgil asked yeah. a question number two. What is your got-to-have Funko Pop? Well, okay, if we're talking me personally, and, and this is the most... I'll be back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he has walked out of his chair, for those of you listening. I hear him going across the room. Adam knows exactly which one I'm coming back with. The most I have ever spent on a Funko Pop. Is this the Matterhorn? No. Oh. Oh, the Duel on Mustafar? Duel on Mustafar. And, and just because of how much I love this, this scene and how much I've always been a fan of Hayden Christensen's uh, Anakin Skywalker. Not always. Don't listen to him. So... And I love, by the way, we have not talked about this on a podcast since we've been back, Adam. I think this is now the perfect time. Oh, boy. To talk about this. In fact, I'm not going to play it on the screen. I'm just going to play it on my phone. Okay. Um, You've got me nervous. There has been a debate between me and Adam forever about why Hayden Christensen, he thinks, is not a good actor. But I'm about to play you something that I sent Adam, and he agrees. Hey, this could have been right. I think everybody has it wrong on 
Hayden Christensen's acting in the prequels. Now, obviously, at this point, we all know that 90% of the issues with the prequels was just the writing and the dialogue direction. George Lucas doesn't know how to tell actors how to deliver the lines he's written. But when you really start to think about Hayden Christensen's performance as Anakin Skywalker, you start to realize all he's doing is mimicking James Earl Jones' cadence for Darth Vader. I mean, take a couple of Vader's lines, right? Don't use a deep voice with them. You have Anakin Skywalker. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Like, it's the same exact cadence. He is playing Darth Vader without the mask on. So I get it. Yeah, he sounds whiny. It sounds like he's whining about everything. That's just how James Earl Jones would sound if he had a higher voice. I mean, what do you want? Okay, so thoughts. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts. Um, the main one that comes through is with all the technology we have today. Right. I want somebody to AI Hayden Christensen using the prequels as the model, delivering Darth Vader's lines, and let's put this to bed once and for all. Not some influencer doing his best impression. Somebody needs to make that happen. It's possible, right? Okay. And if we were the first show to do it, we would be viral like this character is. But here's the thing. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's not the same thing as I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's not the but same he, thing. He, he it's used not the, the same, same thing. tenor no, as James Earl no. Jones. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Not I find your lack of faith disturbing. I find the, your lack of faith disturbing. That's not what. That's no, no, that's not what the guy did in the video. What the guy did in the video, you just played that you said proved you right. Said that Anakin's delivery is I find your lack of faith disturbing. Not the same thing at all. But he used it's the a, same cadence. It's an actor early in his career with a big role that was much too big for him with a director that notoriously, if you go back and read the first Star Wars book he wrote before they polished the dialogue and he had anybody touch it, it reads like an 18th century Shakespearean drama. <laughs> and you got a dude who literally had a blank check to do whatever the heck he wanted to. And you've got an actor early in his career saying, how do you explain Natalie Portman as the queen then? Oh, we're going to have to use diplomacy. The same flatness, the but same she was, nothingness. She's actually a good actress. She was already in a bunch of Oh, the of best thing she'd been this. in that back then was the movie where she had a baby in Walmart. The Walmart Come baby. Heck Come yeah. on. Dude, you and I both <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> Probably because of the soundtrack. You want to know what the Natalie biggest Portman. problem with the prequels was? What's what that? it proves more than anything else, because it was so ahead of its time. Actors did not know how to act in front of 75 to 90% green screen. Actors need yeah, the people and the elements and the smoke and the boom. Nobody knew how to method act in front of fake stuff. They do now. That's all they ever do. But I think right. that George Lucas script plus a Hayden Christensen that hadn't hit his stride yet plus acting in an unreal environment where nothing was really there, I think it produced flatness. I, we okay. got to get this AI thing done. I will, I will not secede my point or cede my point until we get the AI thing done because that guy's like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. All James right. Earl Jones did so, not go, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> she was in Mars Attacks in 1996. Okay. Uh, she As was what? in Phantom... Do what? As what? Taffy Dale. <laughs> she was then in Phantom Menace. Was that the second then, movie she was ever in? No, there was just a bunch of nothings. 
Beautiful Girls. I don't know that one. Um, then she was in Phantom Menace, Where the Heart Is, Zoolander. Zoolander. Then she was in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, but in doesn't mean like you're the main character in. Then she was in Cold Mountain, Garden State, and then Revenge of the Sith. Let me tell you what's really wrong with the prequels. It's not Hayden Christensen. Okay. What's really wrong with the prequels is the fruit cutting scene. What? This is what a Jedi would do on a date with a CGI apple that they fakely take a bite out of. It's so cringe. Well, okay, so that's, that's cringe. And let, let's be honest. The only reason. Oh, yeah, Attack of Clones. Oh, look. Her outfit changed in just a way that might be mildly interesting <laughs> to teenage boys. Anyway, the, 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 the problem with the prequels, and not the problem, the thing about the prequels is everybody who grew up with it, like Goofy Movie. When Goofy Movie came out, it was the biggest meh burger that anybody over a certain age ever experienced, and anybody under a certain age watched it because it was on. The prequels we went to see, because they were Star Wars, it was the biggest meh burger for anybody over a certain age. If you're under a certain age, it was Adam, your start. Now, it's, this is my childhood. What's happening is no, this group no, of people Adam, who's You and I went to Walmart at midnight. Because it was, it was the first Star Wars movie since 1983. What were we going to do? Not buy it? Yeah, I watched I, that VHS maybe one time. Maybe really? twice. Maybe. It's not a good movie. And now everybody in their 30s is starting to feel a little bit creaky when they get out of bed in the morning and they're reminiscing for their younger days and everything created, just like we did, everything created when they were that age is now the best thing anybody ever made. Who knew the Powerline song before it trended again? Who had talked about Goofy Movie over the last 20 years before some people got viral with it? Nobody. You know how I know that? Because if they had been talking about it, Disney would have sold merchandise for it. And there was zero merchandise available. So, okay, I'll, I'll secede your power line. Thank you. Point. Thank you. But. <laughs> I'll actually let you talk now. Okay, but have I ever wavered in my point that I have always loved the prequels? I, I don't say none of us walked out of episode one saying we loved that movie. I disagree. I saw that four times in the theater. Four times. Okay. The only one I walked out of saying, eh, was attack. So if I asked you 13 years ago, before unrelated at birth, before kids, before anything, when you were in late 20s, what's your top Star Wars movies? Revenge of the Sith would have been two. Even back then? Even back then. Okay. All right. Where would number one be? Have been? Uh, return. No, and where would, where would the first movie, episode one, have been? Lower on the list. I'd, it's risen I'd with time. It's four. everything does. I would does. say four. It rises four. with time. Everything does. It's okay. I would, put it at, would have put yeah. it at four. Yeah. It's the same, so. group, it's the same group of people who are just yeah, realizing. No, no. Hold now, up. What? What? Phantom is still not tops on my list. Don't don't. Well, you've mixed that. the prequels in with the original trilogy much more now than you probably would have about fifteen years ago. No, 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 no. No, I would back then. Before all of this, before Rogue One, especially before Rogue One, I would have done. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking, Return, Sith, 
New Hope, Empire, Phantom, Attack. Okay. Okay, that's cool. I, I still want the AI thing. I, we need to figure out this AI thing. We got to settle that okay. debate once and for all. But he, here's the funny thing about it. It is, it is very interesting being old enough to watch a previous generation fall in love all over again with everything that they grew up with like we did. Right. Right. But it's also funny to watch a generation realize they don't remember everything about their childhood as specifically as they think they did. And so they call it the Mandela effect because something must be wrong. I couldn't possibly have this bad of a memory. It couldn't possibly. It has to be that the the earth is an alternate timeline because I can't be this fallible. It's called coming to grips with getting (laughs) old. (laughs) I do think that there is a Mandela effect. I do. You you think the Earth has jumped timeline? No, 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 no. I, I think I do think that there is a. It'd be easier if it's as, flat. You th- what, oh, so what do you probably. think? Do you think that the media is manipulating things? Maybe. Yeah. It could happen. Rewriting history. Um, anyway. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, but be be careful what you say because remember, I'm technically a millennial. We're off by a so, year, though. We're, it's not like we're five years apart. I know. We're, we're technically, we're zennials. So, uh, your dad has a question. Virgil asked a question, part tray. Uh, for people who watched the Marvel movies and were not a big Marvel fan before them, were the cameo appearances of Mark, Martin Goodman a waste of film? I don't know what he's speaking Yeah, about. I don't know who that is. Let, let's... To to the Google machine. To the Googles. Let's see. Mar- I think he means Martin Freeman. Yes. Which or Morgan. I agree. Yes. Martin Freeman, given what he was able to do in Sherlock. Oh, yes. So I think good. it's a definite waste of film. I think the first two Thor movies were also a waste of film. But the first one was great because it the first one was great. Yeah. It's just not my cup of tea. It feels a lot like episode one and two. It's a lot of thine thou very feeling. I shall smite thee kind of things, you know. Who's also in Thor? Natalie Portman. Oh, see, <laughs> maybe that's the theme. Maybe that that's the theme. The, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you have another movie? I do, I do, I do. All right, All right um, I'm going to save the oh, Rocketeer for Stan last. Lee. Oh, Stan Lee? No. No, never a waste so. when he's on film. I don't think so. Because they always added an extra element to the story, and when he ended up being one of the... What's the word the for Watchmen. it? Watchmen, yes. I thought that was really good. Um, Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's funny because I've got one of the Last Crusade too. We're hunting for the grail and X right. marks the spot, right? Right. We smash the floor in time with the librarian using the stamp on the books. We go down into the tomb. We find the thing. We come up through a manhole and we just leave. Who's going to pay for the damage? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't well, get me wrong. Well, I mean, you, you literally have a ton of like other things in these movies that could say the same thing, especially in, in Temple. But at, when the first few scenes of Temple, but it's like, who's going to, what, what did the librarian come around the corner? He's like, man, wait, you know, what, what is this? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, once who, you come back with the grail, you say, Hey, look, dude, yeah. look what I found. here, because drink some of this. You'll be cool. Trust me. We're, yeah. we're square now. Right. But who's going to pay for all that damage? And did anybody go down there and see like the rats and then, once you Why lit, once you lit the fire down there, right? Did it come back up the hole into the? Li- I got to know about this library. I feel sorry for it. libraries are institutions <laughs> of knowledge. 
Anyway, that was one that stuck out to me. That's a good question. You can't even speculate what happened. They didn't give you enough information after that. They don't even revisit it. That poor guy was just doing his job, you know? Yeah. So there you go. What's what's your Indiana Jones one? So here we go. This is a movie that could be fixed with one easy note. Wait, wait. You said fixed. Yeah, fixed. Or just ended right here. Okay, ended I'll take. If you say that there's something that needs to be fixed with Last Crusade, we might... I might fly no up point. there, and we're going to engage in fisticuffs, sir. <laughs> There's no point in this movie. Henry mails Indiana the Grail Diary because he's in danger. Maybe put a note in there. Movie over. Hang on. Keep, keep, keep Expound on that a little bit. Okay. So you put... All he does is sends him the Grail Diary. It doesn't have to be long. Just, hey, Indiana, I need some help. Follow Here's where this. I am. Yeah, because yeah. if you look, I have a, a screen-accurate replica of a Grail Ooh. Diary right here. Okay. comes with the strap, and over there is the paper with the stamps and everything. Look at all of the inserts and notes in here. There's an insert here. Right. There's an insert, a telegram here. Stick a note in the book is what you're saying, right? You've already got yeah. all that stuff in there. Yeah. All you got to do, wrap it in a piece of paper, tie a note to it. Hey, well, yeah. Indiana. Here we go. Follow this. <laughs> Come say you are a curtain designer or a, a fashion guy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because they were looking for that, right? They ransacked his house looking for it, but it had been delivered to his office. And he said, they're looking for this, you know. And um, if they had found it and the note was in it, they would have already known the contents of the note. So it wouldn't have put anybody in any danger. But then, exactly. But then like the, the, the movie pitch guy says on YouTube, but then we wouldn't have the movie. So there's that. Barely an inconvenience. What do you think about the whole Indiana Jones didn't influence the plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark one bit? It's the truth. Say that to the family of the guy who was swinging the sword. They lost their papa that day. Uh, okay, but did that did did that have one iota of what happened in the end of the movie? You know, no, because they would have opened it and the same thing would have happened. Right, exactly. Yeah. But then no one would have been there to tell anybody about it. And the covenant would have, the Ark of the Covenant would have set out there and someone could eventually have gotten their hands on it. But technically by Indiana Jones being there, it's why it got locked away in the army warehouse. So that, that, that last, the last scene is where his influence comes That's in. That's the only fools, place he, bureaucratic he had fools. anything to do with it. That's all you need. Sometimes it's just that extra little bit. So, all right, this is actually a pretty cool website I found. Uh oh. 17 movie plots that could have been resolved with a simple conversation. Number three, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. If Harry and Ron just told someone that they missed the train, if Jenny had told literally anyone, Harry to, uh, if Harry had told Dumbledore what he heard in the pipes, if Hermione had voiced her her theory instead of just running away from the library and why did Ron and Harry go to Lockhart when they found out he was a fraud and take him to the chamber just take him to the staff room tell McGonagall something yeah then Harry wouldn't have had to face the riddle and the basculus alone everybody say it with me because then we wouldn't have a movie right (laughs) (laughs) all right the last Jedi no one told Poe 
and the others what the plan was, and they went off having their own plan, which basically was unnecessary and caused a whole lot of problems on its own. Literally, everything in this movie would have just been solved if they had talked to each other. Hmm. That's not the only problem with that one, but yes. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. When oh, Harry asks where Sirius is, creature lies. But if Harry had con- contacted Sirius more directly and didn't trust someone who hated him, <clears throat> Sirius and the Order of Phoenix, Harry wouldn't have fought in the, minis- in the ministry and Sirius wouldn't have died. The fact that Harry hadn't confirmed was Sirius directly, even when he was suspicious, is one of the ultimate communication fails. How could it he have done that, though? They were communicating also to leads the, the death of my favorite character, which makes me want to punch Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional damage. There's a lot of baggage the, in there. I want to punch this to fictional character. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's truth. Back to the future, too. Doc could have literally just told Marty about the crash and his no. son without traveling to the future. No. The whole movie didn't need to happen. What would that, okay, being a big Back to the Future nerd, we have to go down this path now. Yes. What would that have done? Like, how would that have played out? If he told him and they didn't actually go. Then if you say, hey, here's what happens in 20 years, don't do this. Mm. But... Trying to think how the almanac comes into play. It wouldn't have had to happen. That wouldn't have even happened, yeah. Right, because they wouldn't have gone. Yeah, but then then you wouldn't have. That's a toy for babies. You wouldn't have had (laughs) probably my favorite Back to the Future. Yeah, it's the best. Did you get the sunglasses from Pizza Hut when it came out? Oh, heck, yeah. Oh, yeah, the the red and yellow ones that came to like a triangle point. Oh, yeah, man. Yes. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. Back when... You sat in the sunroom of Pizza Hut and drank out of the red cups. Oh, dude. Pizza Hut back in the day yeah, where you man. read a certain amount of books. You got to yeah. have one of those little personal pan pizzas. I saw, um, I saw a training video for Pizza Hut that came across my feed, and it was like, the customer wants their pizza hot and ready. And they cut over to, and she's explaining it. As soon as you get a ticket, start making it. And it cuts over to the lady serving the pizza to the people on their plates, like at the table. Oh and it's gosh. like, man... The cheese that was, was so stringy. Fun. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. I can still smell it. What it Dude, smells like inside a of a pizza. Buffet and salad bar. Yeah. Dude. Our Pizza Hut back, at, back home had a big sign out back that had numbers on it, like one to 30 or 40. And you'd, you'd order your pizza, wait out in the back parking lot. And when your number lit up, you'd pull up to get it. Those were good times. That's man. cool. That's cool. Those were good times. High tech back then, man. Let me tell you. Man, you can tell you what. Order number 36. Ding. All right. Your pizza is now ready. All right, I've got one more. Okay. Um, I had a Rocketeer one. I'll throw it out there if anybody loves... Who, who is it that loves Rocketeer? You. No, it's, is it Jeff? Maybe. It Maybe. might be anyway, Jeffrey. I think it is Jeffrey. Um, what happens to Bigelow's airfield? The Rocketeer at the end, Secord gets a new plane, but the guy who owns the airfield that he flies at is dead. Good point. So who who runs the airfield that he flies out of now? Anyway, this is one we can get into a little bit deeper, though, because I know not a lot of people love the Rocketeer like I do. Um, Lotso in Toy Story 3 was a toy at Sunnyside 
Right. And then one day the child who loved him the most at that daycare shows up and he's gone. So if Toy Story series is a movie all about all the different ways that toys can mean something to a child. Someone loved Lotso and didn't know he was a villain and they showed up and he was gone the next day. Chew on that, suckers. Ooh. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've got one for you here. This is a Toy Story. What they should have done before Andy goes off to college, before he gives the toys to Bonnie, yeah. right? Yeah. Line up his, his toys and say, look, I know you're alive. <laughs> I know you move. Woody, if you don't move, I'm going to kill one of your toys. Oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> Five seconds go by. Woody stays frozen. So he tears up Mr. Potato Head. That's on you, Woody. You have five more seconds. <laughs> Pulls the head off of Rex. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's worse than Sid in Toy Story 1, man. I know. Holy cow. Actually, you know, they're making a Toy Story 5. Let's, let's end on this one. What would be your perfect ending to the Toy Story? Like, Toy Story 4, while it was good, it gave us Forky, probably maybe un- unneeded. Well, again, every movie is has a theme. Right. The first theme was birthdays and Christmas. The second movie was collectors. Right. The third movie was handing down toys from one generation to the next. And the fourth one was antiques. So every you've got to think about how toys are interacted with and you can figure out what the fifth one would be. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's pool toys. <laughs> no, no, I've got a, I don't, I don't, I honestly haven't thought about it enough, but I, I it's got to have something to do with one realm of toys that you they want, haven't touched on yet. You want to come full circle, come full circle. Go ahead. All right. Andy's out of college now. Okay. Bonnie's getting a little older mm-hmm. and he's married and his wife is expecting Bonnie understands that. The baby's a toy. The, and gives Genius. the baby's the toy. No, the baby is a toy. No, <laughs> but you give, but Bonnie gives the toys to Andy's huh. child. So full circle. Full circle. I like that. That To me, that's the only way to end it. Hmm. But what, but what's it going to be about? What's the adventure to get to that point? The toys are freaking out because they're about to have a third owner. Hmm. And then she pulls up, and it turns out at the end that it's it's Andy Andy's, with yeah. pregnant wife. Am I pregante? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can see that. Do you subscribe so anyway. to the theory that Woody, that Jesse's original owner was 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 Andy's mom? The only thing anybody has to go off of on that is the hat that he wears in the first movie. Right. I think it's possible, but if it's if it's true, then uh, she's heartless. <laughs> Don't let her around your toys, Andy. Right? I think it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, how about this? What if in Toy Story 5 you find out who it is? Both her and you find out who the girl that left Lotso and Big Baby behind was. And they play into the story. The nameless characters thus far. Well, so your dad has a good point. Woody is now... Yeah, off of Bo Peep. Off of Bo Peep. So... What would Andy say when Woody's not there? I don't want any of these toys without him. 
leave me. Uh, that there you go. That's the story. That's the story. The toys find out they're going back to Andy, and they have to go back to Woody. They have to go find him again. So you'd created four to separate them just to bring up five where they have to all get together again. Right. Hmm. And then Bo Peep goes back to being a lamp instead of a ninja. That kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> back to the beginning. Yeah. What's old it. is new again. I love it. Can I tell you, the? I don't have a problem with Lightyear. The one thing I wish they had done, every Pixar movie starts with a short. Right. I think they should have done a head fake with Lightyear. And it looks like a short, but it's really a short that's in the theater where Andy's going to see the Lightyear movie for the first time. And that's instead of a text crawl, you show the, show the short, and then the short backs up, and Andy's sitting there in the seats, and the lights go dim, and it pops up, and he's actually in the theater watching it, like showing it. Yeah. That visceral connection, I think, would have been... That would have been, been a cool a better, move there. Better than they did it. Yeah, but, I mean, we'll see. Maybe it ties into that somehow. Who knows? That'd be cool. Maybe That'd Buzz Lightyear can actually travel through space and time, and it turns into an interstellar kind of thing where he goes back in time to keep Andy from giving them to Bonnie, but he turns out that by doing that, he's actually lost 30 years. My brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture Matthew McConaughey sitting there crying, but it's Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway. That'd be great. That'd be fun. Oh, absolutely. All right, y'all. So my hang on, hang on. I got had it. Hey, I, know, what? I, know, I know. I got one more. While we're on the oh, Toy Story oh. kick, I typed one more. Just hang on one second. But my voice. So Sid did bad things. Right. And at the end, they're like, we're watching you, Sid. And then he freaks out, right? Right. Then we see in Toy Story 3. Right. He's a garbage man because there's a dude in the same shirt, right? And it's kind of weird that he had the same shirt, like a bigger size of the same shirt. It's like... <laughs> But I guess some of us do that. What are you talking about? What happened between those two? You have a child who you go into his bedroom and he was literally taking apart toys as suddenly scared of them. And he didn't even say a word to his parents like about what happened or they don't notice Would a you change want to? in him. Yeah, but somebody's got to notice that every time his sister walks in the room with a doll, he like freaks out. I mean, I know his dad was asleep in the chair and they don't seem like very involved parents. But did he have to like, See someone or dude, it's the nineties. No one did therapy in the nineties. Suck it up, kid. Suck it up. Imaginary. They're toys for Pete's sake. I'm gonna go in here and watch my show again. It's bowling. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's time for the bold and beautiful kid. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. No one did therapy in ninety five. Not in ninety. Well, adults on sitcoms and Seinfeld and stuff did, but it was mostly for laughs. It was for laughs. Yeah, no it was one, for laughs. It's played as a Only the week did therapy. Come on. <laughs> Losers. Do you have the voice to take it take us out, Dave? I, I think I could try it. All right. All right. Guys, I, I I guys and gals, we appreciate you. We we thank y'all for coming back and, and we thank us for doing the uh the live thing again. This was fun. Yeah, this was good. Uh thank y'all for being nice to each other in the comments. Um Gold Star. Gold star for you. You. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hey, by the way, two nights in a row, the Braves came back from five nothing down. Yep. And won. We just won. Didn't but nobody had to drop a ball tonight though, right? Nobody had to drop their balls tonight. (laughs) That was crazy. I know. It's fun being a Braves fan. 
Yeah. Uh, but anyway, guys, we love y'all. We say it every week, uh, every other week now. We're 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 going to do the show every other week because I think to give y'all the best content, y'all yep. y'all were able to tell there are some times where we're like, eh, let's just do this show. Um, but I, I think for the best content, what what are you? Speak for yourself. I'm already I'm always fully prepared days in advance. Bull crap. <laughs> um, they don't the have to know content, that. We're we're going to just check it on Dave's blood pressure. It's fine. I'm good. <laughs> um, we're 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 going to uh, do it every other week. Uh, next week, next time we do this, will not be live. Uh, I will be. Let's see. On t- a Wednesday night, I will be on a cruise ship in Cozumel. So, uh, yep. you know, Adam will probably be here to premiere the video on YouTube. We hope we're going to see if we can make that work. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll try. We'll play with it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, guys, we love y'all. We we really do appreciate you for listening to us and watching us and interacting with us and asking me how my blood pressure is. It's been great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Adam, if you want to, take them home. Sir. Absolutely. Uh, we got to say real quick, if you want to interact with the show, when now that we're going back to doing lives, comments in Facebook during the live is one way to do it. You can always come back and comment on the video after the fact. Um, we'll keep an eye on those and interact there too. The, our Facebook, socials, all of that. You can also call, like my dad does for his Virgil Asked a Question, you can call 863-345-0088, 863-345-0088 to the delivery line. And every voicemail, as long as it's family appropriate, gets played on the show no matter what. So if you've got something to share, something to say, a hot take or a question, give us a call, leave a voicemail. You can be part of the show actually verbally and in an audio fashion that way so very nice so um very nice nice. so now that we're closing out guys please remember that we love you but not as much as jesus does thanks for giving us some of your time like you always do stay safe out there be kind to one another and we'll talk to you again or at least i will in two weeks have fun on your cruise day i will try (laughs) bye everybody bye y'all